Yo, today's QOD is I can do anything I want to. Here we go. Welcome back to the Quarter of the Day Show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. We got Michael Wicked on the show today. And today, Michael's going to tell a story. It's a very moving story. And, you know, it's about how, you know, so many of us allow our limitations, whether they be real or just perceived limitations, we allow them to stop us from doing the thing that we really want to do. And he's going to tell a story of a, a boy, a young man who had a limitation, a physical limitation that most of us could not imagine having. And with the support of his parents and with real courage and bravery and persistence, this boy, this young man would not allow this limitation to stop him from living his dreams. Michael Wicket's coming up. It was a fall afternoon, homecoming football game at Augsburg College in Minneapolis. The invaders from rival Concordia were walloping home team 42 to three. Late in the fourth quarter, Concordia was threatening to score again and all of a sudden, Augsburg's line stiffened and there seemed to be a surge of energy and all of a sudden they were giving ground grudgingly. Why it seemed though Augsburg was wrapping up a great victory instead of a one-sided defeat. A couple of minutes before, a 21-year-old nose guard named David Stevens had entered the lineup. He was anchoring the line. He was a little guy, noisy, full of fire. He'd just come off the bench. Now he was charging through the Concordia line, initiating two tackles, assisting on two more. When a Concordia running back fumbled, David Stevens recovered, held the ball high. The crowd went wild. His teammates were jumping up and down. Stevens had transformed a miserable afternoon for Augsburg into one of those special moments in sports that no one present ever forgets. They say that David Lee Stevens is nothing short of a miracle of determination. During the 60s, David's pregnant mother was one of the women who took thalidomide for morning sickness. She learned too late it caused severe birth defects. David was born with no hips. And so where his legs should have started were where his feet were. And his mother gave him up for adoption. B and Bill Stevens loved kids. They had a 14-year-old daughter and they wanted a son. They took David in as a foster child. And after three months, they decided to adopt him. Now, Bill Stevens was a trucker and the family was not affluent. And they told the Stevens that David would cost them a fortune. And they took him anyway. They were told that he'd have to spend his life in a wheelchair. And they decided that they wanted David, so they adopted him. His parents told him one day that most people are born with legs, but he wasn't. And that's the way it is. So he had to make the best of it. Self-reliance. They told him that they believed he could do just about anything. When he was three, he was taken to the Shriners Hospital in Salt Lake City for crippled children. And he was fitted with these basket-like devices of two stiff legs, artificial legs, that would make him as tall as his contemporaries. And as little David grew, they would vary the size of the legs. 
When he began school, he had a tremendous amount of confidence, probably infused by the encouragement of his parents. And classmates looked up to this kid who walked on his hands and knees, so to speak, because he didn't have any legs. By the fifth grade, after years of propelling himself on his hands, his body was extremely well-developed. He was able to do 25 chin-ups at a time, breaking the school record. He was clocked at 17 and a half seconds in the 50-yard dash, running like a tarantula on all fours. He got involved in hockey. He was an outstanding goalie on a street hockey team that won 14 games and lost three. He tended goal on his knees, but he took off his artificial legs to play basketball. As a seventh and eighth grader, he was a starter on a tournament-winning basketball team. David said, I wasn't much on offense. I was so short they could block my shots. He said, but I was strong on defense because I could slide under people and steal the ball from them. <laughs> One day he went to his mother and asked her if she could play football. And she said, I've always thought you couldn't do these things. She said, laughing. And all your life you've been proving me wrong. She said, more power to you, son. So David showed up for practice in the football team wearing a pair of trunks and socks over his feet, which were right here. The junior varsity football coach, Victor Smith, was stunned and apprehensive. He said, I didn't think he could possibly play. I was afraid he would get hurt, and I just didn't have the time to watch over him because I needed to take care of the other kids. David got right in the middle of everything, blocking, tacking, passing. He simply would not be put off. Will they be saying that about you? He or she simply will not be put off in pursuit of their dream. They just won't quit. Will they be saying that about you? Yes. And we can go on. <laughs> In football games, opposing centers would be startled to find themselves facing a legless nose guard. <laughs> In one game, he made seven unassisted tackles and sacked the quarterback once. He started every game as a sophomore, as a junior, and as a senior. Coach Smith, who was also the wrestling coach, knew a winner when he saw one, and he invited David to join the wrestling team. His first seven matches, he was defeated easily. You know, wrestling, you need some leg power, right? Probably a little difficult to wrestle with no legs. He got discouraged. The coach reminded him that he'd been able to do anything he wanted all of his life, and he'd do it if he'd hang in there, so David did. In his senior year, he won 28 of 32 wrestling matches. He scored 62 takedowns, which at the time was the best in the school's history and the fourth best in Arizona high school wrestling history. When David was a high school senior, an Augsburg College alumnus named Julian Foss was so impressed with his character and his attitude, he offered him an all-expenses-paid education, and David accepted Soon after he enrolled at Augsburg, both of his loving parents died in quick succession. It was the low point of his life without Bill and B. Stevens. But he quickly returned to college more determined than ever to succeed. He carried that golden key with him, didn't he? Yeah. He now majors in mass communication and broadcasting. He plays football. He coaches part-time junior varsity baseball. He works up to 35 hours per week in the sports department of a local TV station. He refused to apply for license plates with the handicap symbol on them. 
because he never saw himself that way, probably because his parents never saw him that way. See, you always treat people the way you see them. And his mom and dad never saw him as handicapped. They saw the possibilities. I want to remember that with my child. Maybe you do too. David said uh, those license plates are for people who need them. He said, I maintain a full class schedule. I get good grades. I play football. I hold down a full-time job. He said, I'm not disabled. If you look at the story of David Stevens, one of the most inspiring I've ever read about, we have here an environment of self-reliance that his parents taught him. They just believed that he could do it. Secondly, total encouragement. His mother and father took off the limitations, and in essence, his mom said, go for it, son. And finally, David says, I can do anything that I want to. After 14 years of being involved in human potential, I'm convinced that one of the most essential things are to be a man or woman with a can-do attitude, right? See, you can do just about anything with an I can attitude. Do you ever get discouraged? Yes. Ever feel distressed? Yes. Ever have any failures? Yes. Setbacks? Yes. Problems? What will you do with them? What you could do is when you get really discouraged next time, you close your eyes and say to yourself five times, I can, I can, I can, I can. I can. See, with a can-do attitude, you can do just about anything. You can take your worst problem and maybe tune or turn it into a wonderful success. And one thing you do is you never, ever, 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 what? Quit. You never quit. You keep on keeping on. You hang in there. Earl Nightingale said one key to success is a burning desire to succeed despite our handicaps. I've had some handicaps. I won't go into detail. Nod your head if you've had some handicaps. Nod your head if you can still get on with your life. That's the point. Total determination. Total desire. You never, ever, ever quit. Now, in case somebody's thinking, now that's easy for this guy to say. <laughs> hey, I've been really fortunate. Those of you that follow my crew, you know that. 3,000 people in the world that do what I do, speakers and trainers, I'm in the top 6 or 7% in bookings and sales. Fabulous, wonderful, been very, very fortunate. What would you say if I told you I almost quit on several occasions? What would you say if I told you that in 1984 I was driving home from my office with tears streaming down my face saying, I made a mistake. I'm a good speaker, but something's wrong. I'm not going to make in this business. I was going to pack it in and go be a good salesperson again. But I had a couple of friends that said, no way. Don Toko said to me, you're not quitting. He said, you're not quitting. You need money. He said, I'll give you $50,000. I'll loan you $50,000, but you're not quitting. I said, really? <laughs> <laughs> now, you need to know. You need to know I didn't take the money. <laughs> I know, I do it differently now. But, uh, <laughs> well, I, my self-esteem is higher today. But I said to myself, if he believes in me that much, then I can keep going. And I remember that I, it must have been two weeks later that I got the biggest contract in my career, and I said, thank God I didn't quit. I almost did. 
When Barry Manilow goes into concert, he usually tells people how he almost gave up. You see, he worked anonymously for years and years and years as Bette Midler's conductor, trying to get a break. And nobody thought he had any talent. They thought he had a funny voice. So he almost packed it in one day. But he hung in there, and now he's paying the rent. <laughs> oh. My beautiful friend, you set your dreams, you get on track, and you keep on keeping on, and you never give up. You never quit. That was Michael Wicked wrapping up the week. You can check out today's talk on an audio program you can find on audible.com. It is called The Power of Perseverance. If you haven't done so already this week, please leave a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's much appreciated. Follow me on Instagram for daily motivational reels, and I will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. I'm out. Peace. Peace.